0: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hey, folks. How are you? I'm here with Rob Hollis. People like you, Rob. I uh, Prove it. Well, they always say I love how you pick on Rob and then he you know, shoots back at you. We've got a great relationship, but I, I'll tell you one thing. It's honest. It's real. We kind of just say it. We're like brothers, aren't we?
1: Yeah. I will say that the way we talk on the show is also how we talk to each other off the show. Yeah, well, we, we don't, we don't, the, the
0: like the show's real. Like when we talk to guests, it's real. I try to get real. I don't want, you know, it's grounded. I ask him whatever the fuck I feel like
1: asking. Sometimes you're a little more of a dick on the show than in real life. Well, I don't mean to be a dick, but I think people really appreciate uh, you, you on, you on the show. A Rob. Dick.
0: I, I'm going to tell you, I appreciate you. Uh, and uh, I think Theo had some fun with you today. Theo being Theo Vaughn.
1: Yeah, I uh, Theo. Who
0: has his own podcast, who's a up and, not only up and coming, he's, he's there. He's, uh, He's on the com- uh, comedy circuit. I've, I've done some stand-up comedy with him. He's, uh, put it this way, Harlan Williams, who's one of my close friends, is a big comedian. He was like, hey, Theo Vaughn, buddy. He's a really talented uh, comedian. Theo's uh, hysterical, and he's, uh, he's blowing up. Yeah, um, you
1: just did his podcast this, I did his po-
0: this past weekend. Yeah, and it got like a million hits or some something because he asked me about Allison Mack and that whole thing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, don't go listen to his podcast. Listen to our podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course not. No, Theo's amazing. You should listen to everything But yeah, he does. after ours
1: ends, you can go over
0: yeah. and listen Yeah, to yeah this. listen to this podcast first. But Theo Vaughn, man, you're going to really love this. It's funnier than hell. I mean, he talks about having a huge dick as a kid and... Yeah, just, he, just at that?
1: five he had the dick at of a thirty-year-old man,
0: forty-year-old. He didn't know what to do, and uh, you know people would be like, "Man, what the hell with your dick?" Just uh, you'll, you'll check it out. Inside of you is brought to you by Policy Genius. Rob, life insurance is a deeply unfun topic.
1: Yeah, you don't like thinking about dying, do you? Well, you're, you're closer it to death than you are. Yeah, my that's
0: brother birth. says that I'm closer, I'm 46, I'm closer to 92 than zero, but uh, most people don't want to think about this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, but, but once, I, if you have life insurance, it's, it feels great. It's a nice peace yeah, of mind. Yeah, I, I, I really believe that. I think that's true,
0: and uh, getting that peace of mind doesn't need to be complicated. And policy genius is, is it's so easy. Uh, it's it's the easiest way to get life insurance. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the coverage you need at a price you can afford.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's an ag- aggregate where you can search for the type of insurance you need, and yeah. it spits back a whole
0: bunch of options. Yeah, whether you're uh, shopping for disability insurance to protect your income, homeowners insurance, auto insurance that could help you get covered fast.
1: If you've been intimidated or frustrated by insurance in the past, give Policy Genius a try. Just go to policygenius.com. To get your quotes and apply in minutes, you can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy genius, the easy way to compare
0: and buy life insurance. Theo Vaughn is my guest. Uh, Let's get inside, Theo. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. What is it that you come on the show and the second you're here, I start thinking I got to talk like, yeah, bro. Yeah, do people do that all the time? Like they all of a sudden they jump in Southern thing and they start going, yeah, bro. What's up, bitch? How are you? Maybe they do. It's kind of a persona. Do you think it's all you? Do you think it's like there's some like, you know, our buddy Harlan, who thinks you're a genius, by the yeah. way. Harlan Williams. Like he does this whole thing, you know, hey, Pod. You yeah. know, we talked about hey, that on your podcast. Yeah, hey. I
2: got some uh, peppermint. I got some fucking peppermint under my kneecaps. Yeah. Doc says I got to get him cut out. Yeah, okay. So people yeah. think he's- doing do A- him more. I want to be with he, him he,
0: instead of you. Do right? him more. Yeah, should I just do that? Yeah. I, it's better when I'm someone else. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, so anyway, Thea Vaughn. I mean, that's a weird fucking name. Do your parents own the grocery
2: store, Vons <laughs> or Gelson's? Oh, there's your beautiful friendship there. I know that's your wife and you want to tell me about it.
0: No, I don't have a wife. That's my assistant, Jess. She's awesome. She kind of keeps me in line,
2: make sure I, sure, that I go to ther- make sure as I go to therapy. <laughs> but no joke, I pulled over. There's a new company. I pulled over and ha- did a 15-minute session of therapy on the side of the road. Is that there.
0: that one that anybody can call that's affordable?
2: Yes. Yes, because, yeah, I'm going to start doing their stuff, too, because I, th- I think that's pretty cool. It's really cool. But I think when I was young, I didn't get enough milk, you know? Was that true? Well, yeah, my mother had small breasts, too. And if you notice, too, and the type of children based on the breast size of their mother and the behaviors of children. I come, my mother had them fucking A-coops, bro. And and you thought that affected your childhood? Oh, undeniably, dude. Imagine being a baby and sucking on a small titty that barely has any milk in it, trying to get milk out of it. And imagine how that's going to leave you for the rest of your life. Like this dude obviously was raised on a fucking E-cup. Oh, Rob, definitely. Yeah, Rob, yeah, he's happy as a clam. Look how red his face is. Oh, you can smell the 2% around his butt crack, yeah. dude. He's fucking, <laughs> that guy is just You got Rob loaded. laughing.
0: He doesn't laugh a ton.
2: Well, I can imagine he doesn't laugh a ton. He got married very young, yeah. and uh, his future's already set in stone, dude. What's You're looking future? at Rush. You're looking at Mount Rob Shmore. I'm working Shmore. with Michael all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mount Rob Shmore right there, dude. Everything, Mount Rob Shmore. Everything he hit is set in stone, dude. You had a bit of a fucked up childhood, right? I had a, I had some
0: dysfunction, but I I, I hear stuff about you, and I am thinking this can't be true. Theo Vaughn, he's
2: he can't have that rough of a childhood. Like, yeah, not rough. I mean, I just think it was like a, just a unique environment, you know. I mean, my dad was real old when I was born. My dad was born in nineteen ten, and my fa- my grandfather was born in eighteen eighty, which is that's crazy to me. Like the nineteen ten part, I get, you know, but the eighteen hundreds, it's like, you know, did they even happen? I mean, well, all we have is drawings of it. You don't have any facts. There's no real facts. There's no video. There's on no that. footage. No. But think about that. Like to us, to a, to think about the future, they're going to start to wonder if the reality of anything before video. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like in in 200 years, they're going to be like, can you believe that's all? There's drawings. That's hearsay. Yeah. That's a lot of hearsay. I mean, it really could be. But the
0: thing with your dad is if he had you at 70, about 70 years old, Mm -hmm. they say like a lot of times if a man has sex or a woman, you know, has a baby, if they have kids after a certain age, Mm -hmm. it could affect the child. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's true? Do you think having a child at 70 years old had any effect on
2: you
3: psychologically?
2: I was a nap. I mean, I've always loved to nap. I've always loved to. I've never been a good driver. I can't see well at night. Can't turn my neck. Um, You can't turn your neck? Not super great. Why is that? You know, I mean, I will look over if I hear a bird, but if there's like somebody's honking behind me, that's none of my business. You're not turning around. You're not Linda blaring your head around to check it out. No, because, and that's all senior citizen behavior. Like, I, you know, <laughs> like a lot of the things that I learned were senior citizen behavior. You know what I'm saying? Fall asleep at the table. Oh, um,
0: well, I see where we're going. Urinate this, yeah. in
2: my bed. But seriously, not turn my neck well. Yeah. Um, fall asleep while I'm driving. All those things are l- no joke are things that I would see my father do and behaviors that were seemed bizarre to people and that I would exhibit not on purpose. You're a you product
0: know? of your own environment. You
2: see your father acting a way he's older, you're going to act old. I think so. You're an old soul, Theo Vaughn. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think you're going, I think no matter what you are as a kid, I think you're going to, and I didn't know all this as a kid, but when I look back, there are some things, it's like, that's kind of bizarre. You know, it's kind of like when my friends would run up the stairs and I would like take the stair rail and be slow up the steps, you know, like, but just things that were kind of bizarre in hindsight. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Makes um,
2: sense. How I was worried about people dying all the time, always worried about my friends dying, you know, like I would hear my dad talk to his friends about that. And so I would always <laughs> be asking my friends like how they're feeling, how they're doing, you know, and they didn't give a fuck.
0: None of this is true.
2: You this, don't What I'm act, telling you right now, yeah, I swear to God, it's true. You think I'm joking? You really? I, I totally think you're joking. I'm not joking at all. Really? Uh, yeah. This, I mean, this is the most serious I've been in. I mean, I guess that that boy was from wherever he's from. You did, that boy Just outside it, of Schaumburg. Chester
0: over here? He broke his finger. This is Rob. Remember Rob, Mount Rob Schmorr?
2: You yeah. talked about a minute ago. Yeah, he keeps changing his name.
0: Yeah. So look, I've I listened to your podcast this past weekend with Theo Vaughn, and I've watched a lot of your shit. Your stand up. You're a funny guy, but you have like. I take it that you are someone who embraced their childhood. You look... You had some dysfunction Some crazy shit around you And you said hey I'm gonna make a career out of this And you Obviously you didn't think about that till it started happening You're like, right. I'm gonna talk about What might hurt a little bit Like I heard stuff about like You've talked about this Like you had an adult penis Which you talked about openly As a young boy Yeah How young were, you, were you, Did you have this adult penis I had a full cock At probably five or six Five or six By the way Thank you for allowing me To be inside of you Vaughn. Five years old You remember Come on There's no such thing No child No infant ha- Gets out of the womb
2: And has a a, a grown man's penis you're saying by five years old No, you'd never make it out of a out of a womb with a full dick think about that because a full dick puts you into a vagina so there's no way you could have a full <laughs> dick and then come out with one that'd be absolutely bizarre so yeah i agree with you but what you can do is develop early in your cop
0: but that's real early five years i can understand maybe ma- six I, I understand like 10 years old getting hair into their arms because i didn't get i wasn't that kid but oh yeah but a full-blown penis like a man's penis like a big cap yeah, like a red
2: fireman's. Oh, cap. I had 70 percent of my dick by the age of five. What, what did that do to you? It's like having almost a responsibility. It's like a weight on your body. It's at that at that age. It's more like a mole or like a growth because you can only use it to pee. You know, it's just this. It's almost like having a bee's nest that piss comes out of because it's just something that's bothering you like a bee's nest would bother you. Why did it bother you? Because you can't, you're not having sex or anything. You just have this. Like, what is this? My dick. Like, you would turn around to, you know, to listen or to hear something, and your whole body would just fall over to the side. <laughs> I don't you believe know? that. Yeah, well, like I don't the, believe that either. But see, then the problem here, I think, is you have issues. I think maybe just grasping things outside of your own concept zone. Maybe
0: because I just remember, like, uh, my penis. I didn't notice it much until, like, I started to get some hair down
2: there, and then oh. it looked like more. It looked bigger than it used to. Yeah. See, I wish I would have had that. Did, I
0: wish it, I would have that experience. Did you yeah. have people talking about your penis? Oh, yeah.
2: I'd have people seeing it. Yeah. I'd have my buddies would fucking try to grab it with both hands and have to get it back from them. <laughs>
0: Come on. Yeah. I mean, you want it, to take a hold of the yeah, what penis? I, what would you do? Were you flashing around like, look at
2: this, you little limp dick? No, I was embarrassed of it. You were embarrassed of your penis? Yeah. I had a lot, a lot of shame. And it just, yeah, because you were abnormal. I mean, it was a, it's just an abnormality. Is it true that PE teachers took pictures of your penis? Or is that just a joke? Not a lot of them, but one man did, and he actually died. He died years later, not of doing anything, you know. Pedophilic. Yeah. Is that a word? Pedophilic? That sounds like something you would sip on, actually, at a train station.
0: Have you always been sort of this quick, smart-ass, funny, center of attention high school? Take me back to Louisiana.
2: Okay, well, let me think about what it was like back in Louisiana. Well, you know, I grew up in the stray animal belt, and so we had a lot of, you know, I grew up a lot of animals running around. So if you want to picture, you know, an environment, you have to picture animals in the background or at least the sounds of animals, you know, animals barking, cats and raccoons fighting. Theo's eyes are closed right now, by the way, as he thinks as he's talking. Yeah, I'm catching some rest. Keep going. Um, Cats and raccoons fighting, you know, like one time a mailman came down the street with a 12 gauge shotgun and just shot everybody's fucking mailbox off the fucking post. The mail's done, you know, like no more mail. this <laughs> that month. Was it. Yeah, that's it, bro. Jesus Christ. Like the fucking, he'd had it. And, but we were grateful he didn't shoot anybody. You yeah, know? that's a good thing. It was like, oh man, you know, Mr. Peters getting it out of his system. Mr. Peters, what yeah. happened to Mr. Peters? Oh, what happens to a lot of those people, I think, you know, a lot of them usually end up fucking killing themselves, really, or just delivering themselves straight to the devil, you know, which is the irony that they deliver mail and then they just deliver themselves straight to the devil. Because a lot of those people lose their mind. Is that Michael Landon in the distance? Uh, yeah, I got some Heaven Can Wait
0: on Little House on the Prairie DVD sets that I refuse to give up. Yeah. We should refuse did you love did you love those shows Huge michael fan. i would cry i'd cry to all those episodes yeah so if i still to this day when i need a good cry i'll turn the music on heaven can wait mm-hmm. that's it
2: oh uh highway to heaven highway to heaven you're right yeah you knew what i was talking about yeah well it's crazy that i even just picked his his face out there's a two-inch picture of his face you can't see in this room humans but there's a two-inch picture of his face that's no joke probably 11 and a half feet from me
0: yeah long hair
2: beautiful eyes he's beautiful yeah really great cheekbones died left us too too soon too young yeah i never you never ran across him even like when you were a baby when did you start acting
0: uh i did like college theater and then new york but yeah i wasn't i I didn't get going until i was in my 20s and landon probably died like in the 90s or something
2: yeah did you have a good upbringing yeah. I mean, I had fun. I mean, we just kind of raised ourselves, you know, was just an environment where there was just a lot of dysfunction. Like my mother had been raised, been raised in kind of a tragic environment and she didn't really have a lot of people that loved her, I don't think. And so, you know, she had four children. What was tragic about it? Just that the, the, the she didn't know how to love her kids, you know, and she had to work all the time because she had this old man. You know, she had my, my dad was an old man. He couldn't work, you know. I mean, he did work. You know, my dad used to be like, you know, when they first started getting people that worked at colleges that would do credit card applications for kids, you know, those things that like scam where you go sign up for a credit card and you get like a fucking Frisbee and some M&Ms or something at college. Remember that? Yep. yep. Rob now,
0: doesn't. Rob doesn't remember that.
2: Yeah. Rob didn't fucking remember it because he was too busy fucking his old lady and getting married when he should have been going to school. <laughs> exactly You right. know? Because he's going to go back and work on Dad's combine once this all fucking doesn't pan out. And that's yeah. Fine. Being Michael Rosenbaum's a <laughs> producer on his podcast up here in the mountains. But anyhow, so yeah, my mom had a weird environment. What were we talking about? They
0: tell you they loved you as a kid. Was your mom like, "I love you, Theo"? But that wasn't your full name.
2: Your full name? What was your real name? Theodore Capitani? The- Von Kernatowski. That's my full. Yeah, name. I'll never say that again. Yeah. I'll never be able to say that. Well, if you say it three times, dude, an owl shows up and brings you mail. Yeah. That and true? that's when it all fucking starts. It all goes yeah. to hell. Oh, that's when it all goes but to hell. But did she try, I mean, she was like, a she's she's alive, right? Yeah, she's alive. She's a good woman. She's a hard worker. So my mom, just a, you know, Midwestern lady. She grew up in um, Wyoming, Illinois, which is in Stark County, which is down like just like east of the Quad Cities, kind of like heading into Iowa, sort of. She just had some tough times growing up. You know, she, um, her I think she just didn't get showed a lot of affection. And so she had four kids. She didn't know how to treat them emotionally You
0: being one of them. Yes. So she didn't give you affection. She didn't say, Theo, I love you, hold you, say I'm proud of you. You you never got that stuff.
2: Well, I think she tried to give it, but I think my mother didn't understand that a child wasn't an adult. And so it was – there was just all these very small adults. And so we all – You know, and we just didn't have a a lot of connection at home. There was no family. Like, we were just there. It was like a halfway house almost. We just did our own thing. You know, we just took responsibility very early. So we're hyper aware. You know, I was hyper aware of everything because my dad was so old. So you have to be aware. You have to almost be the one. You have to be the eyes and ears, you know. Like, I remember being five years old on on my dad's seat. He would take me driving. He couldn't turn his neck, you know. And sometimes he couldn't see the lights, the stoplights that good. Because he'd fucking park right under him. He'd stop right under him which is illegal. You're in the middle of the intersection. So then he's like, well, tell me when it turns red or green, you know? So I remember just standing on his car seat, just like looking, literally leaning out and looking up out of the front window. In the middle of the intersection. Yeah. To see if it was red or green, if we should go, you know? Jesus. So just like you became really aware as a kid of things that were going on. You
0: seem very aware now. I think that's carried on. Like you noticed Michael Landon from 11,
2: 20 feet away. Well, I could see that man from fucking 9,000 feet away. I knew he was here before I got here.
0: Are you an emotional guy? Do you cry? Do you get, you get like, uh, you know, you seem like you're like on the outside, you're kind of tough. When I went to do your podcast, I don't know if you're having a bad day, but you're very like, you look like I'm focused. I got my shit together. uh, I've got some work to do and you don't let people get inside as
2: much. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah. I think I'm better at being a getting like more emotional. I'm just by myself really. So I think, yeah, when you interact with other people, you kind of, I don't know if we become different people. I mean, isn't it bizarre how you are different people around different people? Like one of your buddies, Absolutely. you'll be someone, and around your mother, you'll be somebody else. Absolutely, kinda, you know.
0: Yeah, like around my grandmother, I'm just I'm a certain she's like, "You're the best boy in the world. There's nobody nicer than you. You're the greatest." And I'm like, "I'm not really. Yeah, I'm a good guy, but I'm not that great. Yeah. But you you sort of like, you know, when you're hanging around your friends, you put put on a persona. Yeah. When you're around your family, like do you feel like you're always doing that. Like, yeah, you you feel like a guy who goes home watches some Heaven Can Wait. Highway to Heaven. Yeah. And you might have a cry by yourself, but you're not going to see that.
2: No, I'm okay. Like, I mean, I, you know, I get kind of emotional on my own podcast sometimes and I share stuff on there that's pretty emotional sometimes because, you know, my listeners do the same thing. You know, they're curious and, you know, we kind of share some of our like emotional curiosities and stuff on there. I think I'm better at being emotional as I get older. I think I want to be more emotional, you know, I think it's just not something as that I'm as used to in my life, you know. So it makes it harder for me to kind of drop into a place of like um, you know, of comfort, you know. Have you had that
0: where you, you know, with the
2: girlfriends where they're like, you just you're
0: not emotionally there. I, I yeah. just don't feel like you're like I don't know who you are. I can't
2: yeah, I can't get to know you people say sometimes. And does that just f- fire you up? It makes me mad cuz I feel like they do. I'm like, "Well, I sh- I'll share it, you know, I'll talk about anything almost." But then I realize that talking about stuff and actually being in it and feeling it and connecting with someone are two different things. Yeah. And so now in my life I try to be I've to get more into the connection side. But then this business you you become more the performance side. So it's, you know, this it there's a lot going on, uh, but but yeah, it's you know, um but yeah, I think when I was growing up all I wanted was my mom to have fun, you know, she was always working and so that's how I developed an idea, I think, of humor. It was like I would think of any way to slide humor in here. So it's like Maybe things she didn't even know that we were going to do or things that she didn't even see that I could maybe, you know, my brain would just, my brain wanted her to laugh and my heart wanted her to feel good. And so I think they were always working, you know, behind the scenes, behind even my scenes to like make her try and be happy, you know, in some way. So, so I think that's kind of where my sense of humor came from. Uh,
0: Well, I think that's kind of like, you know, I feel like I do that too, where I just, I always want, sometimes I feel like you're good at entertaining people. Well, I thought I was. I thought my gift really was just trying to make people feel better about themselves. I always oh, felt wow. like, man, I'm not gonna get any I just wanna I that's I-, I-, I spent too much time trying to make, you know, the guy at the counter at Burger King have a smile. Yeah. How can I make that guy laugh? How can I how can I make his day better? Oh wow, yeah. How can I I, I-, I tend to worry about things that they're nice, but I don't always take care of myself. I'm mm. always worrying about everybody else's happiness. Like, is Rob enjoying doing the podcast? You know, does he enjoy me? I hope he has a good time. I don't right. want to let people down. I don't want to let people down. I, I've, I've had a problem with that in my life where I just don't want to let people down. And mm. people expect so much of me. Like, I remember I did stand-up, you know, last year. I think I went yeah. up few a couple of times. But I remember it was scary. But I remember the guy at the Laugh Factory, the head dude, just came up to me and said, You are funny. You're great, man. You come back. You walk in here whenever you want. Blah, blah, blah. And I just go, that's the worst thing somebody could have said to me. Yeah. Because now I feel like I have to be... Oh, now. Now I'm going to let him down. The next set, I'll let him down. Mm. That's There's
2: some fucking psychology there. I wonder where that comes from. This is interesting because I was just thinking about this. Does
0: that happen to you at all? Do you feel like that? Do you do
2: shit to yourself? Are you hard on yourself? Well, I feel like this. Like I could be with somebody that I tell them I love them. We walk into a place and I'm so much like I'm... I'm, I'll give a stranger the benefit of the doubt more than I will somebody that I trust. Explain. Like I could meet, you know, like I could be in a relationship and having tough times, like dealing with trust and emotions and commitment issues with a girlfriend. Or, you know, we'll run into somebody on the street and I'll give them. More attention. Yes. The benefit of the doubt. More attention the benefit of the doubt. I'll care. I like, I'll be concerned with something that they need. You know, in
0: front of the person you are yes. with that doesn't get that, yeah, that doesn't and then get that it. will
2: become a conversation later. Right. You care more about Joe on, on the, the corner, street. yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. It's funny you say some of this because I don't know where that kind of stuff comes from. I'd like to know. Yeah, I don't know. I also noticed just now I am an idiot. Maybe this is why I just noticed your shirt has Michael Landon on it. I didn't even realize he was on the shirt. Swear um, to
0: God! Swear to God! You didn't know you were wearing Michael Landon today? No, and I didn't notice you were. And yet you point out Michael Landon. That's kind of neat. That's called a uh, non sequitur. Let's go back to what you were talking about now with the girl. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out. And it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over
3: 1 million people who are doing something about it, with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids,
0: have you started seeing a little more of your scalp Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps
3: address them through a multi-targeted, Whole body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrifol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy.
0: In Nutrifol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrifol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrifol women's hair growth supplement for six months.
3: While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrifol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy.
0: In Nutrafol's own clinical study, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com
3: for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required, free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a
0: limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair nutrafol.com spelled n u t r a f o l .com promo code inside that's nutrafol.com promo code inside
2: where does it come from that that feeling that you need to it's it, I, it's funny well it seemed like you have it too so i don't know where does it come from the feeling that we need we feel like we have to make people feel okay you know i think because for me, we never got it maybe well i think for me it was just you know there seemed to be unsettledness and for me it was always with yeah i think it was just my parents i wanted to, i wanted them to be okay you know i think my dad was getting older probably as a kid i'm only guessing a lot of this you know but i'm thinking as a kid if something's wrong in your world i know this is true if, the, if as a child if something is wrong in your world no matter what it is you think it's because of you yeah because you the world is it's your world you don't yeah. You don't know that other people really exist. I mean, you know, they do, but you don't know that they have a world as well. You don't consider their world as a child. It's just everything is because of you. You know, it's a very being a child is very self-centered, but it has to be, you know, because you have to you have to slowly get out into the universe and see what's going on. So you have to really you're fragile as a kid. But if something's wrong, say your dad's angry or, you know, your dad's drinking or something, you think it's because of you for some reason because you don't know that it's not you why wouldn't you well dad's upset something's wrong with dad you're the only person that exists in the world really so it's like fuck it must be because of me you know so then as a kid you know you you know you carry a lot of that so I think for me it was just I want you know I saw my dad getting old and I wanted to do anything I could to make him be okay and then I saw my mom unhappy and I want her to be okay you know and I think that that's it's probably a lot of people who have dealt with the same thing. You
0: well, know? I think, you know, it's like when people listen to your podcast or this or what I've noticed is is what makes me happy. It's kind of a fucked up thing. It doesn't make me happy that people have some shit that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But it makes gives me comfort knowing there's a lot of people who deal with shit. Yeah. And then I can relate to it. Like we could it's almost like when you're listening, it's like they get anxiety and how does that work and how do you deal with it? They look at sometimes celebrities or people like that they're, they're the intangibles. They don't, you know, and I've talked about this a lot, but it's It's nice to know that, hey, I don't like you think everybody goes to a party. I feel so uncomfortable and I act like I'm the fucking king. Like (laughs) I'm so comfortable, man. Yeah, give me a drink. I'm great. You guys want to hear my Rodney Dangerfield (laughs) impression? And I'm like, oh, God, that guy's so funny. And then I'm like, oh, my God. I'm uncomfortable. I have to almost feel like I'm compelled to do this shit just to feel like I belong. Because being me isn't enough. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Do you think you almost be your Theo Vaughn? But if you were just Theo Vaughn, like you kind of like. The quiet Theo Vaughn, the one that's not always making one-liners so quick, funny. Yeah. Can you do that?
2: Yeah, I don't know if I can. I mean, I think there's sometimes, you know, I've been seeing a girl recently, but what I liked about seeing her the most was um, that she was really normal. Like, not in bad ways. Like, she just... She likes, like, uh, the... Bat- she likes, like, the bachelor and is big normal? brother.
0: Is that normal? For you? I think it is.
2: Do you? Do you but think people she like, of all- Yeah. She would have... Like, she was... She liked to think of... Talk about her nail, nail polish color. And she's a great girl. And she's very... You know, she's extremely loving. Like, to a point I could never be. In. But she... You know, she just... Talk, like... like regular stuff was important to her you know and i and i kind of i love that i think that's one of the things that i love like was just sitting listening about you know how many different types of nail color polish there are you liked hearing this i liked hearing it because it was so it just made me feel like just kind of regular and just a part of like it made me she cared about it, so I wanted to care about it, no matter what it was. And so it made me think this. It made me learn this is how you care about people is is you caring about what they care about, even if you don't, you know, care about it as much.
0: I'm yeah. not gonna say I'm not gonna te- I'm gonna tell you this, but that almost gave me a tear in my eye. You were just more involved in her world, and her happiness, and you were away from yourself for a minute. Yeah. And that there's something beautiful about that when you can be present and you can just let things go. That like you know. Yeah, and good. I found myself trying to be more present i know it's like everybody talks about that but it's, it's and you're not married or nothing huh? and i'm not married and i start to wonder i'm like 46 like fuck man you know i've had some long relations you know long relationships
2: and yeah when you're gonna slow down this fuck train dude and pull into a port you know dude,
0: i haven't it is not a fuck train my friend
2: i think i it used to be a bit of a fuck train when i was younger yeah, i feel but you
0: I mean, I had my fun. Yeah. But now I'm like, it's not that I don't want to have fun, but I'm definitely I told Rob, I go, I just want to be in a I never thought you'd hear me say this. I never thought I'd okay. hear, I thought I'd hear right. myself,
2: whatever the fuck I said. No, that's okay. But well, I, I'm the one listening, so yeah.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But I never thought I'd say, Rob, I just want to be in a relationship. Mm. And every time you go, I gotta play ice hockey on Monday nights. And if I said that to the guys, they're like, Why? It's miserable. And I'm like, there's something like I was in a relationship and I'm telling you, it's like I mean, I'm not going to talk about a specific one, right? But to just wake up and do something, and they're there, and you're your buddy, and you're, you're like that. It's just you don't have to worry about like, oh, I got to text so and so and do this. And no, this. yeah, and it's when all fuck- over.
2: All that chasing well, just, is over. I just, I don't. Do you do you like the chase? No, I don't do. I don't even do it that much anymore. I, and, and you know you've been doing it since you're five with that horse dick so i, I mean know. it's a long time oh and a lot of men too and that's the thing you don't really what do you mean a lot of men when you have a strong cock at a young age a lot of men come lurking you know oh no because some of them just want to see it they're curious yeah. you know it's almost like that it becomes like the local bigfoot you know it's <laughs> like and people want to see it people are driving by your house at night with guns and you're like what the this fuck, fuck <laughs> is this guns. about yeah yeah this fucked you up as a child. Your penis fucked you up as a child. Oh, I don't know. I think what got me the most as a kid, one of the things that was the most toughest for me and I remember that ran my life for probably fifteen years was that I wet the bed. And I wet the bed like I'd wet the bed three or four times a night. Like I think I How was How old were you? I think I was scared of the dark. But like even if I closed my eyes, I was like scared of that. So it would be like I'd just be in there pissing, you know, just pissing everywhere How old? while I was sleeping. Just probably from, you know, maybe three to maybe 28, 29. <laughs> Like, I mean, I wet the bed. Bro. You are 28. Oh, I swear, bro. There's nothing I could do about it. There's nothing I could do about it. I think it made me scared to have like relationships. It made me, dude, I'd piss at everybody's house. I'd fucking piss on everything, dude. I'd sleep in like, I remember one time, like I would sleep in like, pack and like cover my penis with all these like sheets and wrap it around like it was the fucking queen of sheba and just have this huge castle on my dick so if i peed because it was there was no way i was going to wake up so if i peed i had to have something to absorb it or i remember one time even trying to balance all my penis all these cups right up against my penis so if i peed it would like go into the cup these aren't true stories yeah they are
1: how did you get over it?
2: You know what they had? I'll tell you a couple things that happened, uh, Raj. They had a pill that they finally came out with where if you took it, you wouldn't wet the bed. You just crammed a it pill. in your penis? No, it was No, a, you took a
0: pill. Dude, you didn't put a pill, a pill on your penis.
2: This is why you don't ask Rob questions. Wow, bro. Well, this is how drug use starts in the Midwest, too, <laughs> is that it people does. don't know how to use suppositories. <laughs> yep. Wow, you taking a fucking one of those suppositories a long fucking way, taking bro? Taking a pee pill up your dick? <laughs> Fuck, man, man, you're on a couple of aspirin right now. I can see you're kind of all swollen around your midsection. Do you ever think that
0: maybe all this happened because your mother inadvertently didn't know how to show you affection, didn't know how to help you take care of you? you had nobody to turn to. Your dad's probably pissing himself at an old age. Yeah, whatever. Do you think maybe you just had nobody to talk to? Did you ever put this all together? Like this isn't your fault. Um, but we all that what like what is it my fault? You know, you, I mean, you probably
2: could have stopped pissing yourself younger if you had some help, if somebody acknowledged it. Oh, yeah, I think I was just real scared. We lived in a scary neighborhood, and I think I was just really scared. And it was just scary... Like, I remember it was just tiring, dude. The, the worst part was I was so scared when I would go to sleep. I remember I would have to do all of these things to make sure that the room was okay, right? I would have all of these, like, I would have these strings. And then would, the last thing I would do is put it around the doorknob, you know? And, but I have to go in the closet, a little closet, and I'd have to look in the corners and then look in the top corners, then I'd have to look back up above by the baseboard. Cause there was like something in my head, like somebody could be hiding there. But then while I looked up there, they could have snuck into these other corners. So you had to go back. So now I had to fucking go back, dude. And that shit would drive me. It just uh Dude,
0: I had the same thing.
2: Yeah. I-, I had like my mom And kids get scared like that. And I don't I don't think parents realize it. A lot of kids do that. Well, my mom showed me horror movies
0: at a young age. So like I was watching, you know, Jaws Mental uh Make Them Die Slowly all these horror movies with her at eight years old. So even to this day, I have an alarm system. Mm-hmm. I have a dog. I have a bat next to my bed. Mace. I look under my doors. Mm-hmm. I look in the back. I look at the, the, the cameras outside. I'm just the like cameras. Yeah. I got well, wow. cameras are outside. Are They're outside. Yeah, but still, dog, yeah, but, what but, is,
2: well, it is Hollywood. Yeah. Well, I didn't laugh at you when you were just, you're right. I'm sorry, bro. Fuck. No. <laughs> Can't believe I what mean, did Jesus, that. man.
0: I just listened to your whole fucking freakout session, but you know,
2: yeah, I'm over there pissing on jingle bells, and you're fucking, and one thing, you put a couple of cameras up, and I fucking rip you for it. <laughs> you rip yeah, me for damn. a camera.
0: But I get, you know, I have wow. that, too. I have a lot of shit from childhood. I man. it's all from childhood, and it's how you deal with it. Yeah. It's how you deal with it. Like, you stop, my, your text to me right before this this podcast was, hey, dude, I got to stop over the side of the road for some mental health real quick. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. What goes on in Theo Vaughn's mind <laughs> that all of a sudden up the 405 or down fountain, he says, I need some
2: mental help right now. I'm going to pull over. What is it? Had to stop and shut it down, man. What just, was it? You know, I've been just dealing with like, com- I mean, my biggest thing is commitment issues, you know, and I find if I get in a committed situation, even if it's a, I'm noticing now, even if it's like uh, client management, client uh that sort of thing you mean jobs yeah jobs i noticed at first in actual relationships you know a relationship with a with a female and then i started to realize well the man where where else does my commitment issues spill over into you know and it's a lot of other places you know it's like um yeah it's like even with with uh with representation really that's more of a commitment to me um you know within the industry and i think just fear there and not trusting you know tons of non-trust signing on like
0: to a job you're like are they going to be you know my, yeah, are these people going
2: to be good to me Is are my they...
0: vision going to be able to be you know they're going to see that are they going to fuck it up are they
2: going to let me do what i want or what i'm capable of doing
0: is it fear based there's a lot of fear
2: yeah i think it's just are these people going to screw me are these people trying to, are they going to be fair um, I, I, I just like being fair like you know when you're fair and you know when you're not fair i think you know
0: are you a pretty fair person
2: Yeah, I try to be. And if I'm ever not, I hope somebody just says it to me because I'll I'll re-figure it out right there and make it fair. Um, Well,
0: I'll tell you about fair. Yeah? Yeah. On your podcast... You asked me a question. It was the first time I had been
2: asked that question. Really? Yeah. It was about my co star, Allison Mack. Oh, yeah. And this got a bunch of publicity. I just saw something in my Google Earth this yeah. morning. All of a sudden, I That's saw this. crazy, like bro. Seven... We didn't send it out to anybody. I don't want you thinking we. No,
0: we... no, no. I didn't think that. Yeah. I was just, this is just kind of a joke. But I was like, holy shit, like 700,000 people downloaded this whole thing on that. It just kind of blew up. And I was like, whoa. And of course, on these things, they say shit like, you know, Michael Rosenbaum said Allison Mack wanted attention. I'm like, but that's not what I, of course, they always fuck <laughs> well, it up. who doesn't? And We're I'm, in Los Angeles. But I just, I, I actually said, if you watched the interview with you, I said, uh, look, we all want attention. She wanted attention. Actors want attention. Allison <laughs> Mack wanted attention. They, I was just kidding around. I was saying, fair. Well, fuck, man. I gave you that. Now, well, I got I to learn some dark shit. But you're already sh- so, you're sharing. You're so forthcoming in, in like your relationships and things. And I was like, well, what is it that no one knows about Thea Vaughn? Because you are an open book. Almost everything is available if yeah. you,
2: about you. Is there something that's not? Um, what would be things that were interesting, I guess? I don't know, man. I mean, I you know, I struggle, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people know I struggle with addiction. You know, I struggle with like, you know, looking at like escort sites on the Internet and stuff. when I feel bad at night. If I feel bad about myself, you know, I'll do that kind of stuff. What is that? What is that? Just like, look, you know, they used to have S, you know, and I, I don't know if they still have them because thankfully, you know, I'm kind of getting past a lot of that in my life. But, you know, they got escorts and people selling crotch and everything on the Internet. Selling crotch. Yeah. Selling sex or just visitors. And you would do that. I'd go look, and I would text them, and just negotiate. But you never go through with it. There were a couple times where I had somebody came over and gave them, just gave them money. I would just get so scared. Like I was then so scared to have somebody in my world. You know, actually, And right. the reality of it, freaked me out.
0: It's Like, how many people are they with? How many people are they? All of a sudden, you start thinking about
2: shit, which a lot of guys probably won't think about. But I, I would sort of obsess like that. Who they've yeah. been with? What's this? I don't know. Well, just if kill they have me. a gun, like do, or, and, and then who are they? One girl came over. She had the biggest mole. That I'd ever seen on a person, and I was like, "Wow, like something you'd have." Did you probably you it? Mount Rolls and Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Like have the Mount Rushmore, the fifth head. Yeah, it'd be the first diverse face on Mount Rushmore. It would be this huge dark mole this girl had, and I gave her. I actually had a gift certificate to my buddy, uh, Doctor Will Kirby, who's a certified board dermatologist, and uh, and so next thing you know, I sa- I gave her the gift certificate. I was like, "Here, you got to go see this guy." You paid for her to go to a dermatologist. I gave her a gift certificate. Now she used it. How much was the gift certificate? One hundred fifty dollars. That's gonna. That could remove part of them all. I don't know if all of it. It could remove like a little piece of like a cake piece. I mean, how big was it? Was it a cake? Was it it like like, uh, five quarters? You ever play that game Trivial Pursuit, and they have you got to get all the little pie pieces? Yeah, yeah. The thing that those go in, like a brown one. Yeah, but the thing that those all those pieces go in, you make your circle, you know? Yeah, that. So like a cake, yeah. Like a six-piece cake. So you ended up
0: not sleeping with her or anything? You just said,
2: "Uh, I'm really nice to meet you. She probably thought you were weird because you did not want anything now, right? Yeah, I was like, this is so uncomfortable. And that's back when I was using drugs. I mean, I was using cocaine a lot of times by myself at home. And then I would, that's when I got into that sort of behavior. And it was just, you know, just that whatever type of behavior. I mean, how hard is it? Like, were you doing alcohol and drugs at a young age? I don't think so. I remember climbing up one time in my brother's house. They had some pornography in my brother's closet. They had some pornography stacked up on the shelf. You know, had, And this is back when your pornography was in stacks. It was in photos, you know. And so they had this, um, I climbed up there one time and they had a bottle of liquor and all these uh, cooter magazines. And so I next thing you know, I opened up this thing of peach uh, alizé. And had a couple of sips of that and masturbated for the first time. And I fell, I just blacked out and fell off that top shelf right onto the ground. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You were masturbating on a sh- near a shelf on oh, a dude. ladder? When you find that, you don't come down first. And
0: you don't come me. down, go into your room, even grab the magazine. I was already bring in Bring it room.
2: to your own room. No, I was in my room. It was
0: my brother's oh, closet. Your brother's closet. Yeah. So instead of hopping down, getting on the bed, getting comfortable, no propping time. the magazine up, no time, you spanked it, got drunk, blacked out, no fell time.
2: I had two sips of that Alize, bruh. And just like, you know, just fucking just, you know, grab that. Yeah. Grab that adult wiener, bro. I grabbed that adult wiener with two hands (laughs) like a child. My hands, I sell a child's hands. (laughs) How old were you? I don't remember, bro, but I woke up a little older. I know that. You certainly did. Did your parents
0: ever catch you masturbating?
2: Yeah, my mom did one time. Dude, she did. She comes in, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Right? That's what I said. So she walks out. Then she fucking comes right back in like five seconds later like I was going to stop masturbating. Yeah, <laughs> I would have actually, Theo. I uh, didn't. Rod just kept Rob, masturbating.
0: I would have been so disgusted that my mom walked in, but you didn't. You're like, I'm beating off. And then you kept hammering away. And she I came was back disgusted. In, and you were still hammering away. So you were disgusted, but still hard. I couldn't stop. See, that's the difference when you're younger, like when you're in. High, or high school, or you're in college, you could jerk off, and if something dis- disgusts you, you could keep going. Yeah. When I'm older now, if, some, if there's a smell in the room, oh or yeah. if there's some, the dog
2: farted, I'm done. Oh, yeah. If the air conditioner cuts on, I can't fuck.
0: I can't be distracted. Yeah. Do you have that same thing? Do you, do you oh, have a, yeah. Are you
2: pretty good at staying erect? No, no, no. That's for children, dude. <laughs> Honestly, in a weird way, bro, sober sex is for children. It's like anybody that's fucking, I'll at least be on a couple of ibuprofen. I mean, I'm sober now, but I'll be on a couple of ibuprofen or I'm not fucking.
0: <laughs> ibuprofen? Anything, That bro. keeps your heart on?
2: <laughs> no, but I just need something in my system. <laughs> you need some kind of drug. To let me know I'm in partying. your system,
0: you don't yeah. drink or do drugs?
2: No. I mean, Nothing. I'll take fucking nine Flintstone vitamins, bro, if I can put them in my jaw. You know what I'm saying? And do a little bit of oral. But I ain't yeah oh you got to take care of yourself i don't
0: think i've laughed this hard in a the podcast theo really no i've had some big comedians on here
2: harlan like always makes me laugh Harlan dude. always makes me laugh but i've known
0: him so many years but th- uh, oh, that's yeah. a funny i just can't imagine uh, ibuprofen gonna keep it going with that
2: something man yeah i feel like uh yeah i don't know man i just have trouble like the last relationship i was in like you know or the this you know this. You know, the girl that I, I've been seeing a gal and we've been taking a break because, you know, I have just have commitment issues. I just, when I fall in love with somebody, then I don't want to have sex with them anymore.
0: Is that true? Yeah.
2: And it's really a bummer. It's because, um, you know, it's just because something is just, you know, something's wrong with the way that I connect, um, you know, with somebody that I love. So when I love someone, I think somewhere inside of me, beyond like my, you know um beyond my r- levels that i'm able to access easy i think somewhere inside of me below and beyond those they're like i want to have like the love of a woman so much that i um of a mother woman you know that if i get a woman that i'm I care about at all then it it it, beca- it goes to that bank first mm so it's so hard to like keep it in a bank where
0: it becomes maternal in a way yeah it's like i love you so much that i think it's kind of in a way i I can have sex with you now
2: yeah yeah because then it would feel bizarre and it's not even a choice you make it's like for me it's not and so you know i just still have a lot of work to do in that kind of area you know and it's just the hard part is wanting to do that work then because it's just a lot of fucking work man it's a lot of work to go to like you know, go to, like, these types of meetings to learn about that kind of stuff and get into that type of therapy and then, like, want to adjust your behaviors and, like... It
0: is a lot of work. Yeah. But you know what? It does work. It does work. I mean, if you, like... I did cognitive behavioral therapy, and I was like, I don't know know what the fuck that means, And what does that mean? It means it's like, you know, we all talk, like we say shit, and a lot of times it's negative thoughts. You go to sleep, and you're like, oh, I got all this shit, man, and I got something tomorrow, and that's going to be fear. And uh, then you go to sleep, and you don't sleep that well because you're thinking of all these things. It's about retraining your mind to actually start thinking positively about Mm. things in a different way. Not like, hey, life is great. It's not like (laughs) fucking bullshit. It's like... Hey, instead of doing this, like, why don't you go to bed and think about three things you're really happy about and try to get that image in your head of like, oh, my grandfather and we used to or whatever. And try to think, be present, take an hour out of the day and say, OK, I'm going to be present or take an hour out of the day to go, hey, these are all my problems. I'm going to take an hour to really think about all this shit that's bothering me. Yeah. And like just starting to focus on different things. And mm, look, I'm not saying, taking
2: control of your brain more.
0: Right right and i and i take a little uh, you know a little zoloft yeah like the lowest dose of zoloft it's mm-hmm. for anxiety which i'm gonna probably get off but you know it's kind of been trying to just embrace everything and like you just what you said is just like fucking it's like that's a real thing i get that i get that where you fall in love with someone do you ever look at that rob do you ever look at natalie and go oh my god now she's the mother of my child i don't know if i could fuck her make mm-hmm. love to her
2: sorry i'm sorry no wow you You're don't think christ that, uh, brother I can see Christ in the back of your eyes, dude. He's milling around, dude, looking right? for his cross, yeah. I think you are. By the way, you, uh, you're uh, you you're a believer. You have faith. Yeah, I definitely have faith. I, I've heard you talk about that. Yeah, I question sometimes like what the, you know, feels wrong to me that somebody doesn't get into an afterlife because they're from somewhere else. Right, like, right. That kind of stuff, that wouldn't be fair. It doesn't make fair. any sense. And it wouldn't be fair to anyone. It no. wouldn't be fair to anyone. That's not a fair way for any sort of higher power to... To think or to sentence people you don't get to go because you're so it must be some group think
0: what makes you like uh i mean like we don't have to get all religious but what makes you think like it makes you have faith what is it that you go there's a god there's something i'll tell you this and this is your your reasoning for it
2: well you know it's so funny I had, jordan peterson came on on my podcast and he we were talking about he's talking about all the chaos in the world and he went to like you know he went to and if you don't know him, he's a professor from toronto and he's a writer, and he's kind of like part of this he's not part of a movement but a lot of people have gravitated towards him recently because he, he almost like not purposely but rewrote the bible in a way where it's just he just kind of takes the things where and just says these are things you need to do to kind of stay organized as a young man because i think there's a lot of young men out there who are lacking a voice that's kind of been telling them fucking how to get their shit together you know um so anyway he was saying that he was talking about how he went and studied like the holocaust and a lot of things that had batted that had happened um You know, in that part of the world and some, you know, in the Khmer Rouge, he studied like uh, things in uh, Iran and stuff like that. And just a lot of um, a lot of places where they had like a lot of just mass killings and just just chaos, just the dark, like how a darkness gets into a place and something like that happens. And so he but then he still said that, like, even in those places, like people still loved like and found love, like in like seeing a child do something or like even at the depths of darkness that there was still light. Yeah. That there was still light. And so the other day, somebody called into my podcast and they were talking about an afterlife or this or that. And part of me now it's like, if somebody else wants to believe in heaven, then I'm willing to say, you know what? I believe in it too, just so that they can have a, they can go to heaven. You know, like if it helps them, if it helps, then it takes it off of my shoulders. Do you believe in heaven? I believe in something, yeah. I believe it would be nice. I believe... Uh, fucking, we showed up here, dude. Where the fuck is this, bro? Yeah. We're in the... I, mean, I showed basement. I, yeah, I fell out of a lady's body onto a fucking street in New Orleans, dude. Not literally on a street where we're indoors, dude. We were close to a shady area where a lot of parades go by. You know, I was probably 90 feet from right. a fucking parade route, you know? We're talking about dirty beads and beer in a fucking puddle on the street. I think if we could show up here in the middle of nowhere... To say we could show up in the middle of nowhere again where there's, like, happy tigers and people are eating plums and shit, I can fucking see that, you know? I, I think could, that's a good way to think about it. And, and it's almost – one thing that I do think is even closer is reincarnation seems easy to believe because now that I have proof – like, I have proof that this has occurred. So for me to believe that this couldn't happen again, that's almost – that would almost be neglecting that I've existed the first time, you know? Like, reincarnation seems very plausible. Rob, how do you feel about reincarnation?
1: Um I, I believe in that. I'm I'm the simulation stuff's interesting too, that that we could there could be other versions of us mm. happening in other places.
2: Yeah, Joe Rogan just, talks about that yeah. kind of stuff all the time. He's like Theo Vaughn, there might be like nine million of you going on right now. Jesus. How do you feel about that? And I'm like, No, Joe! <laughs> I want to be special.
0: I think for me I have so many friends who are atheists and like you know, they're just like, there's no God." look at this, look at this. And we have, sometimes we'll, we'll dabble into these conversations like, yeah, well, how would it happen? I, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I believe it all started like that. Yeah, okay. But what, what about before that? But why that? Why that? Why that? Whoa, yeah. who's blackness? Really, just blackness and then light and then all this? Shit. It just seems to me, it just there's for me, it's always been just a feeling. It's just a feeling like, I, I know. Yeah. I I just, it's either. Oh, that's interesting. You know, you just carry around with you, just going, I know there's something bigger than us. I know there's something out there. But think about that. Yeah. Where does it come from? Why? You can believe in the Big Bang Theory. Who doesn't? Yeah. I believe in it. Some religions don't. But how the earth was created. But if you think about it, what happened before that? And how is that? You, You don't start something from nothing.
1: Well, certain religions believe that. God created the earth, and it wasn't the big thing. Yeah, theory. okay, well, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: talking about reality. <laughs> I think, look. No, I believe in, look, believe, I believe what you want to believe. Yeah. But I just have, I have a problem people don't believe at all. There's no faith in anything. Yeah, that's, how, that's. I, I just, it's just tough. Yeah.
2: For me. Yeah, that's the thing, because I, I just, I would hate that, man. I would hate to think that you go, that there's, yeah, not having any faith, it just feels so alone to me. Like, yeah. that just seems so alone. And then the fact that so many people have believed in God, you know? In whatever facet they believed in them, so many people have believed that. Then it just feels selfish to me if I if I sit there and say there is no like. Just be part of the fucking group, you yeah. fucking moop.
0: As long as you're not trying to talk people into shit and fucking to call them
2: assholes because they don't believe what you believe. Believe whatever the fuck you want to believe. Yeah, But as to have you not bringing something. people into a sex cult via a fucking television series that you're on. You got back yeah. to that. <laughs> no, you sorry. fucking <laughs> okay. got back to that. Somehow you oh, no, got back bro, to it. Bro, I didn't even know that was such a crazy thing. <laughs> right. I didn't know anything. I, I I truly. But you're a smart kid. Did you ever sense anything? No.
0: No, you don't think about stuff like yeah, that. I don't. mean, look, I had a friend who killed someone when I was in high school. He was a close friend until, and then we stopped being friends when he started sniffing gas and, and he started having sex with a girl who was mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. That's when I stopped being friends with him. Yeah, but I was, I was young. And I was like, I knew something inside me, even though I wasn't a smart kid. I had this insight, this intuition that this is wrong. What he's doing, this is not only wrong, but if I am a follower and part of this, this is not going to end up. Mm good for me. Mm. And I remember walking out of his house. We had all these friends over and they were doing stuff and sniffing gas and taking their mom's car. They were gone for the weekend, and doing all this really dark shit. And I just remember I got up. I walked I walked out the back door. Ooh, yeah. I acted like I was petting the dog. Yeah. and you know, kind of like, "Hey, what's up?" Hurdled their fence, cut through a couple other fences, walked about a mile and a half back to my house and never hung out with those kids again. And I'm so glad I did because it was about two years later, cover of the Evansville Courier. he killed someone. look, yeah, I, I those were signs. those are signs, but did you ever still think he'd kill someone? No no. So when I'm on the right. show and I see uh, you know, and Allison was like I said in your interview, I was like, what I know was she was really sweet. She was really smart. She was worldly. Her parents were, they had money. They went to the operas. And, you know, I think now she's on a TV show and she's got her shit together. But what I did notice was, like me, like everyone, she needed attention. I needed attention.
2: Yeah. So she
0: looked, she found a self-help thing.
2: And that wasn't even the same thing that it became. I could see how self help could turn into something, it could turn anything because uh, you're there looking for help. You were there looking I guess. Forward. I yeah. guess
0: that's what they were sort of looking for. Like, this is maybe, you know, what I got gathered though, it was empowering. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, female power. It was whatever it was, was good for them. And I felt like, hey, great. I didn't think, ooh. I thought maybe, oh, sounds a little culty because those are what, but not bad culty. Right. I mean, not that there's yeah, there's cult-y. a ton of good. Yeah, there's, there's good a cult. Look, if something helps someone and it's a healthy thing and it doesn't like make them zombies or doesn't manipulate. Or coerce them into doing something. That's good. It's it, it's also religion. If people want to believe in something, believe. I have a friend who's a Mormon. Hey, his family's wonderful. They live in
2: uh, Santa Clarita. They're happy as shit. And also, there's a, there's a look. This is L.A., bro. There's a fucked in probably ninety feet from here. You know, there's a fucking Air Force base in a hill right across the street. Do uh, you know yeah. about that? Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I think Jared Leto. Owned Jared it. Leto has a fucking back door. Th- th- there was kitchen into it one time. And I went in there one time. And you it, were there at his house. Yeah. And absolutely blew my mind. Wasn't an art gallery or some shit down there. Dude, there's a hospital down there from 1950. There you is, went in that? Yeah. He invited you? He didn't invite me. I was there meeting with a group that um he was. He had this digital called Vert or something for a while. V-Y-R-T. He had this digital group. Um this platform and I'm at a meeting with them. And about they some invited stuff. you over to that place. So you got to see the whole place. Yeah. Dude, how big is that? It's huge. It's, it's close to where I live. Oh, it's so close, bro. There's a hallway that's like 300 feet long. That goes into the hill, and it basically, he just has a—he has his house, and it has access into this military base. Now, whether you're supposed to access it or not, you don't know. But it's like lost. I mean, it is one of those doors with the fucking looks like you're in the ocean. With like one you of those go handles. there
0: if like there was a war or something,
2: you like break into Jared Leto's home. He'll be fine. Him and anybody who knows that knows he has that will be fine. Bro, you go to the back. There's an a, there's a heliport. There's a hell place where a fucking helicopter can land. It blew my. There's a huge hangar. The, it's insane. They have a pool. I didn't see a pool. He might have a pool, but I didn't see his house much. I saw ten percent of his home and ninety percent of that thing I had a movie theater. Had chairs from the 1950s. Did I go there? there? I bet you could. I, I, bet, I, I bet you, I you bet could did break a movie in. with him. I did a movie yeah, years ago. Urban I Legend. bet you could say, "Hey, man, I live literally three blocks away. I heard you have this really cool thing. I'd love to pop in sometime." I don't have his Jared's
0: number anymore. Fucking, I had his DM number from ninety eight. It's probably
2: still. He's not even number. on Twitter, is he? Just show up at one of his concerts and. He's in that band, Thirty Seconds to Mars, too.
0: Yeah, you like them. He's a yeah. He yeah. He makes a lot of money, probably.
2: He's multifaceted. Yeah, he's multifaceted. Oh God.
0: So you know, you Which said I this breakup. You know, back to that breakup with the girl. You felt like I saw your legs shaking a little bit. I felt like you you still like love this girl. You like this girl, but yes, she you, loves me.
2: Well, I just said you love her. Yeah. Do you not love her? You know, I don't know how much. I, I don't know if I ever really. You know, I think sometimes it's hard to get outside of myself. Sometimes to know where my heart really.
0: Do you ever regret? Do you ever go years later, and go, why didn't I fucking love that girl? She loved me, and she was great. Do you ever do that, like, the hard on yourself, like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? This is a girl. This could be perfect. How old are you? You're young. I'm 38. Okay, you're getting up there. I'm an adult, but you're an adult. You've got an adult penis in and your. And what father. about him?
2: That's true. I've he's, had long. He's had this. 29 day. years old. He's. Um, I'll drink that 30. fucking dude's blood out of his neck, he's boy. Th- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rob's that pint holder, boy. I'll sip three of them right out of. You want to get younger? Carotid, huh? By drinking some of Rob's blood. Oh, I'll tap into Rob, dude. You know what I'm saying? Do you think you'll get married and have kids one day? Yeah, I think I have to. I think you'd be missing out. For me, I feel like I'd be missing out on life if I didn't get that experience. Do you you think, what would you do if you had kids right now? Just probably snuggle up with them and just fucking tickle them and shit. What if they start pissing themselves? Oh, I'd be fine. I've done that. We could all piss in the same bed together.
1: What if they wanted
2: to search the room? It's called gazpacho, isn't it? What is gazpacho? (laughs) It's
1: a cold soup.
2: Yeah, kind of the same. Make some gazpacho together? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Little bit of pispacho. I think you'd be a good dad. You do? I do. Dude, I think you would be. You just seem like the ultimate family man. You're just not you don't it's like, where's your fucking family, Rosenbaum? You know?
0: Uh you know, grandpa's got Alzheimer's, he's dying, he's uh it's that's rough. He was my best friend. My grandma's ninety, you know, how many years does a ninety year old have left? My dad's in New York, he just turned over a new leaf and we're kinda like we have a little more of a connection. My mother's it's hard to connect to her. I love her for there's a certain age you get to where you're like you either say, Fuck you, you're out of my life, or Hey, I accept you for who you are, accept me, and let's move on, but let's not bullshit. I make a rule, we don't bullshit each other here. Wow. You gotta tell me the truth. Don't fuck around with me. Don't lie to me, don't fuck with me. Mm. I can't, that's what my biggest problem in life. If you fucking lie to me, we're done. I will, I'm the biggest giver there is, I'll give you everything. Just don't fucking lie to
2: me. Wow. Don't deceive me, man. Why do you feel like people did deceive you? Or you I felt feel like-,
0: like, you know, I felt like my parents growing up were kind of liars, I couldn't really confide in them i've always had problems with like i have if you look at my core group of friends i've known him for many years Mm. that's because i there's a trust that's built i know my best friend 33 years tom tom lally thomas edward lally and he's the kind of guy that i've talked about this before but he's like i knew he needed a little money years ago and i was like how much money you need he's like i don't need your money he wouldn't get i go dude i'm gonna fucking beat him i'm gonna beat you And he finally said, I'm a $15,000. And I wrote him a check. And two months later, he sent me a check back with interest. This is the kind of guy he is. You want to surround yourself with good people who bring you up, but who also tell you the truth. Yeah. It's hard to find genuinely good people who have no ulterior motives anywhere in the world, whatever profession you do. Don't you realize that people are hanging out with Yvonne because he's so funny and he's on the rise. He's going to be a big star. This guy's working. Do you think there's people that cling on you like a fucking...
2: I don't know. I don't know. What do you man? do. It? You're thinking about it now, and I could see your the wheels turning.
0: Or do you think you have really just all your friends are really.
2: Uh... You know, I think. Uh, you know what's funny is, man, I don't even. I think when you're talking about friends, like I think about like Simon Rex is like my friend. You know him? I love Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Like he and I become like good buddies, and really, like in a weird way. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's become like one of my like close friends. Like. Uh, you tell everything to. Yeah. And I just. Maybe because you can relate, because you both gotten a lot of ass in your life. Simon's got all the ass. I mean, that guy's—I think he's fucked everybody from Hillary Clinton, Ariana Grande.
0: Really, that guy. That been,
2: span of dude—he is just a train with a. And fucking do you think you can relate to him in it. some ways where you could talk to him about things and he can get it, and that's why you're friends? He told me like you know I thought he he one day he was just at a club and I'm leaving the club and he was just sitting in the back, you know, just watching stand up and he's like, "Hey man, you're really really funny man." Uh – and then the, um, like two days later, he like shared something of mine on social media. And then I reached out to him, you know, and uh, and then we just became buddies. But he there's just something that's so genuine about him, you know, really and I just knew that it was like the first time that I just I don't know. I think also, like, since I got sober, it's so much easier for me to notice, like, what's really going on where before I was so stuck in my own head, you know, um, you could see disingenuous people from a while. Like, you, you I know. could see disingenuous, but I couldn't but I didn't have any real connection with people. So I didn't know how disingenuous I was being, you know, that's part of it. Right. You know, I was having to, I was having to love solely by, um, action and not by any feeling. So there was never any real emotion attached to what was going on. Everything was kind of tertiary. Everything was just kind of out here. So if I love someone, it would just be me saying I love them. And I didn't know any feelings that would go along with that, you know? Everything was, it wasn't hypothetical because it was real to me, but I couldn't feel it. Right. And so now, you know, uh, I have more feelings to go along with things. And so I swear to God, bro, it's like, I'm two years sober and I feel like I'm two years old sometimes when it comes to like emotions and like learning about that kind of stuff.
0: Well, you're learning about it. You just
2: pulled the fuck over right before this podcast. Yeah. You're,
0: You're working on yourself. That's obvious.
2: Yeah, I just want to do more, man. You know, I think you're such a nice guy, though, man. And I, I would fucking... Dude, anytime around here, I'd stop by if you're home and do this podcast. I didn't know where you guys were at. Really? Know? Are you close? No, I'm not close at all. Because <laughs> I can't... You live where you, I came down. I live, like, in Westwood. <laughs> so that was a lie. But I come over here sometimes. Um, <laughs> I'm friends with this guy, James Blake. Do you know him? He's a musician. I don't know James Blake. He's, um, like, a British guy. And he... uh, But he sings, like, all these love songs. Anyway, I met him... I guess I kind of met him through Simon. They're buddies, uh, but he's like another friend that I've kind of. I did Simon and Nick Swartzon show. Last you did? Year. Did you do an episode oh, of that? Wait, yeah, what episode I were you in? The guy in? where I was the gay guy hitting on him at a bar. Oh yeah, dude, that was a funny show. That was. That was fun. That was a good guys. That show was great. They are good guys, man. Nick texted me the other day out of the blue and just said he saw us in Minnesota. He's like, hey, do you want me to help you promote your show there? And see, it was just nice of him. There's good you know? people out there. And the more you're around that, and you see it, and the the more you then want to be good, you know. And I think that's the thing that I like the best about Simon is that he kind of inspires me to, he's so selfless in a weird way that he makes me, it makes me realize that that's where the joy in life is, is just being selfless, you know? And when you grow up in a weird environment or a place that feels uncomfortable to you, whether or not other people feel like it is or isn't, you're egotistical because you're the, you feel like you're the only person in the world that cares about you. So of course you're going to seem self-centered because if you don't think anybody else cares, then or if you if you're you doing it for yeah but now i'm realizing that it's more about selflessness and it's it's but you've inspiring. always had
0: that i think i think you've always had that it's about kind of channeling i think all of us do that but like when you were talking about you just want to make your mom laugh yeah you just want to make people laugh just want hence that's why you're a fucking comedian
2: but i think yeah maybe i always had it but I wasn't i didn't i just couldn't feel it and now that i can feel it it can propel me to actually act that way more and recognize it, you know. Well, yeah. Also, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, dude.
0: Yeah, you do. What don't you like about yourself? What What is it uh, besides what you said? That if you if you, are you hard to work with? Are you easy to work with? Are you do you demand certain things? Or is there something about yourself that you're like? Because there's certain things. I'm very impatient. Yeah. Are you impatient, I'm impatient. as fuck? I knew this one thing about you when I was on your podcast, and you weren't mean. Something didn't right, quite work right. And I could tell you just weren't happy about it. Yeah. It just, when things don't work exactly the way you want them to, even if they're a second away or 30 seconds away, that field Vaughn didn't like that.
2: Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I'm impatient. I don't know why. It's a good question. Do you let it go, though, pretty much after? Oh, I'm the first to apologize. I do know that. Like, if I feel like I wronged someone or something's wrong, like, i i feel like i'm the first to apologize i love to apologize i love that it makes me feel like a human being yeah it makes me feel like a human being that's one of my biggest pet peeves when people can't apologize things i don't like about myself though um you know probably yeah i'm definitely impatient and uh lack of commitment yeah lack a commitment because at a certain point it's just scary because as you get older you're like well is it a fear of commitment? Because if it's a fear of it, then I don't want to not enjoy certain things in my life because I have a fear, you know? I think that's what we all suffer
0: from. Don't you suffer from that, Rob? Don't you feel like there's some things blocking you from being the best you could be because it's fear?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you do about that? I mean, you could face it and fail. Rob seems
2: like a nice guy, though.
3: Dude. He's such like a, nice a guy. you like hooking a cream
0: pie
2: or not? Uh, I don't. He likes it. Just I like, like apple pie and yeah, Oh, you definitely like apple pie. Yeah. You? you like baseball. You like fucking Hockey. Mickey Mantle,
0: probably. Nah, nah, of course, Mickey Mantle. Hey, what happened in Minnesota? My assistant wanted me to ask you this. Theater, light, stage seemed wrapped up in something you didn't want to talk about on your last podcast.
2: Oh, yeah. I just did this. The- I did the show there at this place called the Skyway Theater. And I'm grateful that they let us come and use the venue, but the just the place was just a dump. You know, and it seemed like they hadn't done comedy there before. It just seemed... It threw you off. It threw me off. But here's what makes me mad. I want to be able to put it on a good show for the people, you know, like, because you worked hard on the product. You want it to be, you want them to have fun. You want to, and maybe they were, and I was just upset about it, but, but yeah, I just was kind of flustered. And then, you know, I asked, I said, well, when they leave, is there a place where we can all meet when they leave on the way out so I can take pictures and say, Hey, to people and talk and whatever. And they say, yeah, it's really well lit out there. So we get out there. And there's fucking, I mean, it's the worst lit place ever. Like, so then they had to get these construction lights out there. They're setting around. And it was just uh, so bizarre. It just made me think like.
0: Like, this. what the fuck are you doing?
2: Yeah, it's just not. It's a, it, I felt a little bit like, let's, let's offer something better than this to us. You know, let's make at least the lights work or something more. Especially if it's not asked in advance. But you were, yeah, you were your emotions
0: on your sleeve. Kind of like everybody knew you were yeah. kind of pissed off. Like, yeah. you were
2: like, hey, Theo Vaughn. He looks pissed. Yeah do you feel like you were that guy oh yeah definitely
0: see isn't that something when you're mad about some people like why well, you're mad I'm like i'm not mad no, i'm fine this is great
2: yeah oh well guys always want to and you know what i guess in hindsight i wish i would have just said dude i'm fucking pissed right now because this is what happened <laughs> you didn't say that i think i may have said some of that but i was just trying to facilitate you know because people come out to the shows that want to share a moment yeah. you know you don't want to convolute that or kind of express your negative thoughts you're just like i'm gonna let this go Right. But I felt back because then I'm hurried and negative, And then I'm trying to have moments with people where they want to talk and spend time. And I love those moments, man. That's what keeps me. One of the things that keeps me going these days is just like being able to like, you know, see what's going on in the world, you know, and see how people are feeling, you know, because some people come out and they have feelings, you know, they got people are feeling bummed out or people are feeling whatever. And I can relate to that. And, and so that's why I like doing comedy now, because if I can make people feel good, then that's great. You know, I just feel fortunate to have You know, I don't want to say like it's a gift, but I feel like I'm the one who's kind of, you know, I'm one of the many that's carrying around some of the chuckles right now. So if I can fucking throw them out at people, then, Throw some chuckles around.
0: Hey, this has been a real treat, man. This has been a lot of fun. Me too, man. I feel like I talked a lot. No, 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 no. This is great because this is what this is. This is more like therapy for my my guests and me and Rob. You know, these are a couple Twitter questions people ask, and then, you know, I'll let you fuck off. All right, here it is. Darren Newton. At Darren underscore 306, Theo, mm-hmm. if they brought back the Ernest movies, would Theo be interested in playing the role of Ernest P-Worrell? Uh, it's p
2: Worl, and Whirl. it's also...
0: I loved him. Did you watch these movies growing up?
2: Yeah. What did he say? Uh, know what I mean? <laughs> Airbrakes.
0: <laughs> hey, Vern, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, right? I think Simon Rex would be a better Ernest p Worl. Simon Rex looks like Ernest. It's so, okay. And we talked about this the other day. Simon would be a good Ernest P. World. would I be an Ernest dude? Um, I think I would be like, uh, Ernest goes to what though? Maybe Ernest goes to rehab, you know, or Ernest goes to like, uh, Ernest goes to get some pussy. You know,
0: <laughs> I had 14 beers and a line of Coke. <laughs> get me out of here. Could you imagine? That'd be fucking amazing. Hans Frella. At Hans Feller, does Theo ever get mistaken for original MacGyver actor Richard Dean Anderson from the
2: 80s? Uh, that guy's in his 80s, so I hope not. Uh, <laughs> but
0: a young one. He's a handsome guy. You're a handsome No, dude. he's handsome.
2: I wish I did. You know, I get mistaken a lot of times. A lot of black women think I'm Patrick Swayze, and I have to tell them that he's dead. You do look like a young Swayze. That yeah, guy was I have a hot. bigger nose. He had more of like a narrow nose. And then, and then I have to break it to it. This is, it's just a lot of black women that think this. And then I have to break it to him that he's dead. And then I have to, like, console them. That he's dead i didn't know i guess because of whoopi goldberg in that movie ghost a lot of black women really love patrick Swayze and don't know <laughs> that he's dead so now i'm like consoling constantly sam at samuel maturo theo's top three comedians i like watching uh joey diaz i love to watch you know to another level he's so great um uh Bill burr Ronnie dangerfield no, and then I would go fucking who gives a fuck I go with uh Richard Pryor.
0: Those are your top 3.
2: Yeah. Joey Diaz does something up there that I've just never seen before. It like takes the crowd into this fervor that's it's kind of just I don't know what it is. It's raw. Yes, it's and it's just a feeling. It's a feeling. Uncomfortable.
0: That it fun.
2: Yes. It's uh, it's this uncomfortable fun. It's almost like being on a uh roller coaster.
0: Yeah, he is great. And it almost feels like it's yeah, it's unpredictable. Yes. You don't know what the fuck he's gonna say or do, and I don't think he cares. Yes. Let me tell you what I'm gonna fucking it's just yeah. that, that attitude. Right? You like that. You like the fuck you attitude.
2: Yeah, I just like I think we need it. I think people I think it's coming back quick that people are just wanting authenticity and just just be who you are, you know. It's okay if it's wrong. Do you ever bomb? Yeah, I bomb sometimes. I bombed uh Yeah, sometimes there's nights at the comedy store. Recently, it was 4th of July. I was performing 4th of July at the comedy store, and it was the worst ever. Why? Just the worst show. Do you ever blame the audience? Like, it's the audience, not me. Only, I did a Netflix special in Louisiana, and it was literally the worst. uh, There were good people that were there, but just that had no concept of comedy or how it works or anything. Did it just bum you the fuck out? Oh, it ruined it. I was literally heartbroken for two years. Because you get one shot at that. And I've worked like 12 years to get that shot, and then it just fucking... But
0: nowadays, Netflix buys everything. You could do another special.
2: Yeah, and nowadays it would be, you know, they haven't made any offer, but it would be neat to figure out nowadays, well, what's the what's the more alternative way to do it where people are going to see it and where you're going to, you know... They just put out 47 specials or something. Like, is it special anymore?
0: I mean, I'm always cheering on a comedians, actors, everybody. I'm at that age where I'm just like, hey, I want everybody to succeed. I think you're the same way you talk about that. Yeah. It's nice to
2: see people succeed, but when you see specials, it's like... That wasn't, a, why, why would they do that one? It's not even any good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, yeah. It's a lot of watered down stuff out there, you know, but that's why people, we have to be, you know, we have to choose, we have to search and choose good stuff. At Joseph Bauman, last question, at Joseph J. Bauman. I hear, I, what? Is this a
0: rosenbauman or not? It's not Rosenbauman, It's just Joseph J. Bauman. Okay.
2: I hear gator erections last their entire life. Do you know if this holds true? You know what, dude? I used to know a guy who sold raccoon penis necklaces, bro, at this fraternity house, <laughs> and uh, I believe that. And this was in Iowa, actually, and um, and he sold a fucking grip of them, dude. And people loved him, man. What happened? Something happened. Oh, some girl had one on, and an animal attacked her. I guess it still had that ant. It had a little bit of fucking marrow left in the fucking knuckles, you know, and some uh some raccoon or something attacked that lady and then they shut it down or something a bird tried to come down and get it off of her really heatedly and they shut it down and they wouldn't do that anymore
0: uh you are one of the most unique fuckers i've ever met really you're yeah you're you remind me of a lot some guys that i grew up with but way funnier um Thanks, man. I grew up in a small town in Indiana. Yeah, I love that. Well, small town stuff needs to be represented more. Yeah, and it's it's funny because like the more I think about it, it's like all the th- shit that happened. I'm like, well, that's this that's your material right there. It's all the stuff you grew up with. That's the shit that you thought was stupid and embarrassing. You embrace that. Yeah.
2: That's what yeah, obviously you do. Well, it's just that's the real stuff. It's like a lot of entertainment. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like this is fun. It's kind of candy coated, but people can't relate to this because some of this shit they don't It's not real, you know? Like, I'd rather just take a swing at the real shit, I think. I don't fucking know, bro. (laughs) You just got upset, (laughs) scratched your head, turned off. I feel like I'm back in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. This has been a real treat. This past weekend
2: is your podcast. Hmm. Is it every week, every... Yeah, it's every week, man. It's every Monday and Thursday, and we had an episode that came out. It did really good. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, got that was really a good one. Yeah, and I got sh- to sh- I still need to share some social elements from. Yeah, it.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you haven't. And you also said I looked like shit, which I did. I, I pretty much
2: wore the same thing, but I walked in not knowing it was being filmed. I yeah. should have done my homework. No, you looked nice, and you were you were a good sport. Oh, and it was funny. You were in the video with me and Brendan Shaw whenever they came in and we were. Oh making yeah, fun and of they
0: were harassing. You're them.
2: drinking out of that sippy cup. <laughs>
0: was like I had a Little
2: coffee sippy cup
0: uh anyway you're hilarious you got other shit going on where's what's your handles give them your handles mine's
2: just theo von t-h-e-o-v-o-n and uh man thank you so much dude you know i think you're such a talented actor and uh, i think you're such a nice guy and um i know you're you know you're doing a lot of your own stuff now and trying to figure out what that you know the next cool new thing is and i know it's going to be exciting whatever it is you know
0: i hope so man thank you for your mouth to god's ears that we believe in yeah Thanks for allowing for me to get inside of you today. Uh, you guys check all his stuff out. He's, he's one of the funniest guys there is out there. That's my honest opinion. And uh, watch his shit. You're going to uh, agree with me.